Good morning, everyone. Jim Laird here from Largo, Florida. Please like, subscribe, share, comment, ask questions, all the good stuff. Help us out with the uh, with the algorithm. So today, uh, how and and why do we use the Aura Ring? Okay, and and this is kind of a, a little bit of a controversial topic. There's there's some people that kind of poo poo on fitness trackers and things like that, which is totally fine. I understand why. The reason we choose the Aura Ring is because one, we don't like stuff broadcasting off people all day, and the Aura Ring still collects and tracks your data in airplane mode. It doesn't put off like a massive amount of EMF or anything like that. So it's tracks throughout the day, and then I sync it in the morning, sync it at night. Now, how does this, this goes way back. Like I've been using HRV and tracking since like, been exposed to it since like the late 90s. Originally, there was a company called Omega Wave, which basically uh, its origin was out of the Soviet Union. Um, they used the Omega Wave to basically track HRV and to basically track their athletes. And I was exposed to it by watching sports teams being tracked with the Omega Wave and they were able to adjust intensity according to the athlete that's on there, which is great because you've got like in a group of athletes, you're going to have some people that respond really well to training and others that don't. And so you can customize the training according to the individual athlete based on their HRV scores. It's also a great accountability tool. Good morning, Dr. Stillman. For- Good morning, everyone. It's a great accountability tool for the athlete because like if they go out and act like an asshole, um, it's going to show up in their scores. And so in like 2008, 2009, um, I got myself in trouble from, you know, being horrible to my body by not sleeping enough, training like a maniac, all that sort of stuff. So Joel Jameson had uh, an app called BioForce, which would take your HRV score every day and i would look at my hrv score and go wow i am a train wreck right (laughs) um because i had the ability with the use of stimulants and performance enhancing drugs to overreach like i i have really like i could not sleep all night and still go to work and you know work really hard and all that sort of thing there's certain people me being one of them that don't really have great self-awareness right so i started using it with my athletes and I noticed when we started, could they be like, yeah, I sleep really good. And then I look at the data and I look at the sleep times and stuff. And I'm like, you slept four and a half hours last night. Yeah. You know, and it started showing up in their scores. And then I noticed that it almost became a competition for them. Like, I want to get a higher score. So I'm going to, you know, the things you do to increase your HRV and your readiness is you sleep more, you eat better food, you take care of yourself. So I've got this coach that's literally going home with these people all the time. And so Joel originally he used it with his MMA fighters and Joel was like, he he's got the best book on conditioning. There is it's called the MMA conditioning handbook or something like that. Wow. Oh yeah. It's, it's the Bible on, on, on conditioning Um, because Joel started working with fighters. And what he realized is, is they weren't analyzing the type of fitness they were good at. Like, you know, there's different types of conditioning. There's glycolytic. There's there's all these different forms of conditioning. Aerobic. I won't get into it. It's just a lot of details. But he would, uh, one, he noticed these guys didn't have enough aerobic base because they were doing too much intensity. And mm-hmm. they weren't doing enough low level. Because your aerobic base is what allows you to do the intensity. And then he would test them and figure out which part. It's like strength. Like you can be really strong, but you can be slow. Um, you know, you could be really strong, but have no strength endurance. 
So if you have no strength endurance, there's no point in getting any stronger. You need to work on your strength endurance, right? So if you got a big glycolytic engine, but you have no aerobic base, there's no point in doing more hit. You need to do more aerobic. So he started analyzing people according to what they actually needed instead of just more stuff, right? It's kind of like, um, you know, you, there's one guy you got to kill uh, on a hill and you send a sniper in to, um, to do that instead of carpet bombing or like dropping a nuclear weapon, right? So that, that's kind of the same thing. And a lot of coaches just drop, drop nuclear weapons. We're just going to kill them and let, you know, let it, you know, that how it works. A lot of coaches do that. So Joel started collecting data like in the early 2000s, and now he's got a, an app called Morpheus. He, he's got the most data out of anyone, I believe, um, in this industry. And I noticed with my clients that I would ask them, hey, how you doing? Oh, I feel great. I'm doing great. How are you taking care of yourself? Oh, yeah, I feel wonderful. And these are the people that wouldn't get results, right? And they're usually busy CEOs and, you know, housewives that were trying to be hot top level executives. And then we, I'd get them in an aura ring. I'd look at their data and I'm like, you feel great? Your average sleep this week's like five and a half hours. Like, well, actually, I'm, I'm really tired. Um, and then we look at like their HRV. They're not responding well to training. And all of a sudden I'm like, look. You know, we're going to we're going to adjust your training, but you also have to like, you know, if you don't sleep, you don't eat well, if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to respond to the stress that we're putting on. So basically, it, it's an accountability tool. And I'll, I'll give a quick um, a quick example. We had a, a young lady uh, come to us who had who had been to a very prominent um, fitness uh, or I guess health and wellness fitness um, person. And um, had spent a lot of money with this person, looked at her labs and was like, there's not really, you know, everything's good. But she's like, I feel terrible. There's mm -hmm. a setting There's a setting on the aura ring. You click on heart rate um, and it pulls you to a page that says uh, restful time or re uh, rest during the day. So it gives you how much restorative time you have during the day. And so we clicked on that and we scrolled through for a year. And she didn't have one minute of restorative time during the day. Not one. Not one. So as soon as she started, she worked on five minutes, 10 minutes, and then she got up to like half an hour of restorative time a day. She's like, I start, I'm feeling better. I, I, you know, so a lot of times people like myself, we need to see the data because we, our willpower is so strong that we'll just push through no matter how horrible we feel. Amen. And so I think the thing that changed my, and so let's, let me continue this story. Cause at this point in the story, Jim starts working with me about a year ago. We've talked about the aura ring. I had one, I looked at the data. I didn't use it particularly intensively with, you know, patients. Jim starts coaching my patients and starts getting all this data from them. And then Jim and I start group coaching together. Now I was trained very conventional medical perspective with, you know, vital signs and labs and you don't, you, it's hard to get that much data. Think about a blood pressure, right? It's four data points over the course of a day. Let's say that's a lot of time. It's very intensive. Hardly anyone is going to do four times a day, blood pressures for any significant period of time. And the data is limited. It doesn't actually tell you very much about their physical state something like hrv which was really developed by people in the coaching space as a way to help people achieve higher and higher and higher levels of performance is a very different 
indicator and tool. And because of the way the wearables work now, you're getting that data over a 24 hour period, which gives you huge amounts of data over a week. Jim starts coaching my patients with the aura ring data. And all of a sudden we start getting very, very different results, much better results. And I start realizing that there are components of my patients' diets and lifestyles that I was never trained on, totally unaware of. This is the difference between doctors and coaches. A good coach will really get into your life and your, and your head that might sound a little weird or invasive, but that's really their job, getting inside of, of your life and your head to help you understand what's really holding you back. Doctors historically have been very, very bad at this. And they really very infrequently comment on the patient's psychological state, how busy they are. Uh, they don't look at these markers. And so they don't know how to use them. And we got, I would say we got better results with, with the, the tandem approach, me focusing on the labs, vital signs, medicine, you focusing on the coaching, HRV, respiratory rate, et cetera than I'd ever anticipated. And when we, we, we cracked cases that I really was struggling with, um, from a, and who'd seen lots and lots of doctors, like you just alluded to in that one story. And so now, you know, we might use labs. I use labs to help people understand where they are month to month because labs don't vary that much month to month. Like you give somebody magnesium for three months, you might move the needle significantly on their serum magnesium, their RBC magnesium, their total body magnesium score the stores. But you know, you can you can get the HRV data day to day and help them make changes and adjustments day to day and week to week. And that really helps you dial in how they're living for better results. And so instead of waiting for three months or four months to have a quarterly check-in with me regarding labs, you have this data, this feedback from this coach on your hand uh, right away. So it's been really great. It's a huge, huge part of what we do now. And it's why whenever someone doesn't have an aura ring, I honestly expect them to lie to themselves and inadvertently lie to me. I don't mean that in a, in a bad way or negative way. I just think most people have never really, they, they have no way of having this level of insight into their own physiology because it's, it's, it's objective. The aura ring doesn't lie to us. There are discrepancies in the data. Like you'll get different HRV numbers from different devices uh, that will impact how you're coached. But generally speaking, it's very reliable. It's very consistent within, you know, like person to person day to day. And it really helps us understand what's going on with your, with your case. But it, you know, it goes way beyond HRV. You know, you talked about HRV predominantly, but the other thing that we look at a ton is um, respiratory rate. And then of course, we'll look at different things like within the sleep quality scores. Although I have to say that we don't get too deep into the weeds on specific sleep quality numbers like REM, deep, light, because the simple fact is everything we do is focusing on dialing in sleep as a process. And well, so you get, the light, you get the lifestyle in order. That stuff usually takes care of itself on its own. That's exactly right. And when it doesn't, we can add things, float tank, high dose melatonin, progesterone, brain matter on and on. Or, or EMDR therapy, things like that. Um, right. you, you know, the, the, the things I look at when someone comes to me, the first thing I look at is respiratory rate. Well, let's and actually back up because the first thing we, we ask them is what's your goal? 
Well, well, yeah, but even no matter what their goal is, if their respiratory rate is 19 or 20, I don't care what their goal is. We need to fix that. So is right. that the case? Even if someone says, "Hey, I want to be the world's most strong, strongest man," that's well, I still going to want to bring that down a little bit. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, if they're a 400 pound dude and they're yeah, but I mean, guys like that, you know, if I can get him down like world's strongest man, if I can get him down to 16, uh, I, I can get him to at least shut off. But, you know, we'll see, you know, powerlifters, strength athletes, we'll be talking 20, 22, 24 respiratory rate. Yeah, right. You know, because they're just. <sighs> Let's talk about that concept, though, because I think it's really important because people get get locked into this idea of, well, I need to be in the parasympathetic state or, you know, well, I need to be in rest and digest or I'm in fight or flight. And the reality is you need to be able, Jim always talks about variability. It's one of his favorite words. And I think it really sends people for a trip. They're like, what is this word? Why does no one else use it? How does he, what is he using it to mean? We're talking about the variation in your physiologic function from minute to minute, day to day, week to week. And it can be applied to a huge number of different processes, right? So your variability in terms of how fast you can run would be your peak speed, but obviously you can slow down and stop, right? If you want to do really intense physical exercise, guess what? You are going to need to have the capacity to have a high respiratory rate in order to get rid of more CO2 and, and imbibe more oxygen in order to support metabolism, right? If you can't maintain a higher respiratory rate for a long period of time, that's going to be one of the limiting factors to your performance. Same thing with strength. You want to be able to lift heavy weights, but you also want to be able to shut that off and relax because the people who get stuck in I'm running from a bear, as Jim likes to say, or I'm trying to deadlift 800 pounds and they stay there, even if they're not doing the activity, as in their respiratory rate is high, their sympathetic tone is high, they're very intense. Those people who end up stuck in those places lose the ability to shut off and relax and digest. And so you really want to focus in your day-to-day -day life on moving from different activities or different states to other states and the aura ring really helps us understand where people are with that because we can see things like max hrv and then their lowest hrv and we actually want that number to be very to be high well and people get confused with hrv it's not this magic score that tells you what you should do it basically tells me how well you're going to handle stress like mm. you can have a really low hrv and still set a world record like or a record for you like right. you could your body is amazing like you're say you haven't slept very much and your body's not in a great place and i come after you with a machete with a jason mask on i guarantee you you're going to run faster than you ever had in your life right like you're going to run super fast it doesn't mean you can't have a wonder an awesome performance what it means is your ability to adapt to that stress is not as high so when you have a higher HRV, and it also means your ability, like if your HRV is low, your ability to switch back and forth between run from a bear and rest and digest, you don't have that ability quite as much. And the ways we raise HRV are aerobic, aerobic work, you know, improving uh, resting heart rate, you know, sleep, nutrition, you know, all the fun things uh, that we we beat people over the head with. But I look at the combination of all of it. If you have a really high resting heart rate, we're going to need to get that down because that's basically you just don't have enough capacity that we see that a lot. People with you know, 65, 75 resting heart rate, the respiratory rate. I want to see like for most people somewhere in around 12, 
Uh, most a lot of people are running around over breathing. And the thing is, is you can't lie about respiratory rate. If you tell me I'm, I'm not, you no, know, if you if if uh, if you tell me you're under a, you're not under a lot of stress and you've got a 20, 22 respiratory rate, lies. Your perception of stress is the problem, right? That's correct. Um, yeah. And that's the thing too. People will be like, I tape my mouth and they go to sleep, but they're still over breathing. You can still over breathe through your nose, right? That just right. means you're you know wired. So we look at all these combinations of data, and then I'm able to basically help people become more aware of where they are. And then the ring becomes their coach, you know, and the ring is pretty good about giving advice as far as like, hey, you're in a really good place today. You can push. Hey, you're not in such a good place today. You might want to do more walking. You might want to do more, more stuff like that. Uh, it's really funny. Need- I'm, I'm updating my ring as we speak for this because I want to see what my data is. We wear it in airplane mode. We don't, yeah, we don't, for the record, we don't want to get the EMF. Well, that's one of the reasons we like it, it because the 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 non-native EMF is, like in my opinion, is super super mild, and sure. and any risk of that um, is well outweighed by people changing their lifestyle. So that's just my opinion. A lot of other people don't think the same. Like, but that's I've just seen over the last twenty years. I've just seen so many people get incredible results just by having the accountability of looking at their vitals every single day. Right. Yeah. Uh, what, right. what specific changes do you make to your life to get more sleep? Um, well, one, I get outside every morning in the sun. Right. Um, two, I do the best I can to get my screen off at like eight o'clock and I'm doing a better. I, I fall into this. habit. I get stuck on watching videos, history videos and stuff, get the screens off. I cool my room off. Um, I do some breathing over stability ball before bed. I do like a, a gear down meditative type practice. Yeah. Um, and I really, you know, you should be looking for a minimum of like most people, at least seven hours, but it's going to vary from, you know, summer versus winter. Yeah. I would say that I worry about people getting under seven hours. And I would say that, you know, this is why Jim and I don't focus on selling courses. We focus on coaching people because we get this question all the time, like, what do I have to do to improve my sleep? That's a very big question that we're actually, we really need time with you to talk about if we're actually gonna get to the bottom of it, because we've seen so many things derail people's sleep. And you know, we could make a 50 hour course on sleep and it would bore most of you to tears for most of the course because most of it wouldn't apply to you. And that's why people go to school for, you know, I mean, there's actually a fellowship in sleep medicine. I mean, I'll be honest with people. They don't know everything that is, that we know in the integrative and natural world about optimizing and improving sleep. They often rely on sleep aids. Ambient, which isn't sleep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Lunesta. If you're on ambient, please, please get some help. Get off that stuff. Yeah. And so that's why we, coach people and we help them understand the things because the other thing is that the the aura ring will often tell us what the problem is so the respiratory rate is 19 okay so they're they're over breathing they're under a lot of stress because stress triggers hyperventilation it triggers a higher respiratory rate so we need to do things to help them get out of that state to help them relax to help them slow down now that's going to vary from person to person because let's say one person has is stuck in one strategy with their respiratory um mechanics they're breathing with their scalenes their platysmus muscles you know they have anterior pelvic tilt 
that's different from somebody who has a more neutral pelvic tilt and who is actually breathing more maybe with their diaphragm or whatever. I mean, and it actually has a different reason behind their, their hyperventilation. So understanding all that is integral to actually helping people fix it, which is why Jim doesn't have a simple course, you know, fix your respiratory mechanics because it's not as simple as just you all need to do this. It's very much dependent upon who you are, where you are in your state in life. That's one of the reasons why I mentioned, you know, the difference between Jim coaching someone who wants to, uh, to lift really heavy weights. You know, if you pull a power lifter out of that strategy of hyperventilation, you'll actually hurt their performance in the sport that they care about. Yeah. You wouldn't want to do any like restorative breathing drills right before competition. Right. You, right. You want to do that after they compete, after their training session. Right. Right. Um, but, but, you know, the, the thing is too, um, you know, are you sleeping are you living in an apartment complex and you have 10 smart meters right outside your door? Like are you sleeping next to smart meter, you know, are you plugging the one plugging the wire? This is all context that, you know, you get when you interview someone and you talk to someone, a lot of people, their sleep is due to stress. They can't shut their mind off. Do you have trauma in your past? Maybe you need to do some neurofeedback, some EMDR therapy. You know, that's why the fundamental, uh, basically all the fundamental habits, walk outside, eat more protein, uh, you know, get the lights off at night, drink more high quality water, have a social life. All these things contribute to getting better sleep and being healthier all around. So, but, you know, we, we just like the ring because most of the people that come to us are usually super hard chargers that have a really horrible just are not good at, at basically self auto regulation and the ring teaches them about what's actually going on in their physiology. And, uh, it, you know, and, and some people want to see labs they are like, Oh, I've got to see the, I've got to see the lab, you know? And I mean, I, I look at the aura ring as like having your lab work done every day. It's just telling me what your nervous system is doing. And really that's what it's all about. Whether you're doing physical training or whatever it is, like you're training the brain and you're training the nervous system essentially. Right. And can yeah. you turn your nervous system on and can you turn it off? Like that's the the basically the bottom line of what we're looking at, right? And so it's just a great tool to give people. Plus, you know, I can look at somebody's data for the week and I don't have to call them every day and check on them. And I can be like, oh, wow, look at this. What'd you do? Oh, you went out and had a couple of coffee. And people see it too. Like one of our guys that really changed his life, he started using the aura ring. He's like, right. When I start, when I drink my, my HRV, everything, my sleep goes to hell. And he realized that he had an alcohol problem and he needed to quit. He had an autoimmune issue. He's like, I, he was using alcohol to manage his stress. So he started changing his strategy and started managing things differently. And, um, all of a sudden, you know, he's like, wow, you know, he totally changed his life because he had to see that the alcohol was negatively affecting his sleep and his health and his ability to take care of his family. And that was what he needed to make, a, make his change. So. Yeah, absolutely. And we see this all the time and it's, it's funny. We, on the, on the subject of the, of the labs, we will actually sort of roll our eyes at people who say, well, you know, what about my labs? What about my labs? What about my labs? Most of you don't need to spend as much time and money going over labs as you've been frankly indoctrinated into thinking you do. The reality is that most of the labs that we care about respond very powerfully to changing your diet, your lifestyle, your sleep. 
And so when we focus on the labs, I'll often say, well, this is, you know, could be related to stress. It could be related to protein load. It could be related to this. It could be related to that. The more I've coached someone and the more I know what their ordering data says, the more authoritatively I can say, okay, well, this lab, this abnormality is probably due to protein versus say stress, because I can see the aura ring data and what their stress levels are through a variety of different markers. And the funny thing about this, like Jim was saying, is that people put such a premium on the labs and on me interpreting their labs. And while that's valuable, I'm going to let you all in on a dirty little secret because you stuck with us for 24 minutes in this episode. Your best money is spent on coaching, which is one of the reasons why Jim and I have coaching programs and it's going to be the best value. And it's why oftentimes if you look at our monthly offers of a course with a coaching program, typically what we do is we insist on a certain amount of group coaching time with you and or a course, and we do not order labs for you as part of that. And if you want to add the labs on, you have to be doing the coaching because so many people waste time and money on labs who do not need to look at the labs first and need to fix their lifestyle. And a lot of people don't want to hear that because it means inconvenience. It means changing their lifestyle. It means making engaging in behavior change. It means showing up. And there's, it's almost like people love getting data on themselves, but they don't necessarily love the actual work of interpreting it and understanding what it means or being told the truth. Right. A lot of people, we actually just had somebody resign from one of our coaching programs who, you know, Jim and I both looked at the case and listened to her and, and talked to her and said, you have serious problems with stress and psychological stress and attitude. And man, she just didn't want to hear that. And I know exactly where she's going to be in six months, a year, 10 years. It's got to be some. It's got to be something in my labs. It's got to be something in my labs. It can't be stress. Stress. It's, it's something in my labs for sure. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's and it's truly ironic because people are coming to me and they're like, basically, like, I don't believe you that you don't think it's in my labs. And I'm like, who do you think I am? Like, why did you seek out my opinion? You know, it's, it's not my first rodeo. I work <laughs> with people like this all day. When it's in the labs, I know. When it's, it's not in the labs, we know. People come to you, you for guidance. Mistakes? Yes, but still, right? People people come for you to guidance, and and then they go, "What what what do you mean?" Like it's like it's really funny how that works. Um, how how many times have I guessed people's um, respiratory rate and labs based on their tone of voice and their demeanor? It's pretty accurate. I'd say I'm about probably ninety percent accurate on that. Well, that's kind of a loaded statement because which labs? Well, but I'll tell you, you know, I'll usually say something. Well, I'll get, okay, let's eliminate the labs. Let's just say, but I can predict someone's labs based on their aura ring data, but I can generally tell, you know, if somebody's like super wired and like, you know, like literally they talk and, and, you know, I'm going to know they're going to have low magnesium. They're going to have pregnenolone steel, their, their sex hormones. It's very easy to, to look at someone through a zoom call. Right. And make basic conclusions about where their aura ring data is going to be. Correct. And uh, that's what we really want people to understand is that the aura ring data, you know, you don't have that experience. You haven't coached people for 25 years like Jim and been around since the advent of HRV and monitoring. And you can A, get the benefit of his advice in our group coaching programs like the Fundamentals of Wellness, 
this month, August, we're going to be having a new group coaching program coming out. It's our thyroid course plus coaching program. It's going to be awesome. Make sure you sign up for the webinar that will be announced shortly through the newsletter, which you can sign up for at stillmanwellness.com. The webinar is already on YouTube. You can go. You oh, can great. Go so you can already set a reminder and a notify me, whatever button, bell, whatever the thing is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's how we're going to be. We're going to be making more coaching available. And then if you want to just jump right in, you can jump into the fundamentals of wellness coaching. We have a coaching call for that sh coming up the weekend after this weekend. And then Jim's got an exercise and strength and conditioning uh, call that's coming up uh, the weekend after, after that, the 21st. Yeah. Right now we're doing one a month, but as soon as we have a few more people sign up, we're going to add more. Right. So we're actually scaling the number of group coaching sessions and that to the number of people who are in the course plus coaching program. So it's a great deal. It's a great opportunity. I strongly recommend people do that. Training with Jim, as I mentioned yesterday, on uh, the July 31st episode is a life-changing experience that I really think everyone, well, not everyone can have it, but you can. So... Uh, Jim, anything else we should talk about with the aura ring? You know, it's it just comes down to you know most people need accountability, and they do, um, and they they have a really hard time. Our modern life, like it's not about because our life is not about survival anymore. It makes it really easy to get off track. Well, it right? is about survival, but what's so interesting is that the stresses but, we're best yeah. adapted to are not the ones we're we're inundated by right well it, it, here's the thing if you had to worry about building your shelter and going out and killing and getting your own food do you really think all this low-level chronic stress would be a problem no you wouldn't be wasting your time like if your life depended on you and your family's life depended on you going out hunting and bringing something back you wouldn't be up on your phone until three o'clock in the morning on tiktok no right you would be resting and you would be getting ready to go because if you don't bring the food home, the family starves to death, right? You know, very few people are starving to death in the United States, right? So, I mean, even the most poor of the poor have cell phones here. I mean, our poor people here in the United States are upper are class. In like the top 1% of wealth globally. I mean, if you, if, if, if this is a mind blowing statistic, if you make over $30,000 a year, you are in the top 1% in the world. Yeah, it's amazing. And if you haven't traveled to a third world country, like I've been to many third world countries, you really should check it out because it is a it is a life altering experience. But you know what? In those third world countries, very rarely do I see depressed people. The more happiest country in the world, Nicaragua, I think it's one of the happiest. It's one of the happiest countries really, in the world. One of the happiest countries in the world. I, one one of the, the most more economically depressed countries in the Americas, and yet they're happy. Well, the more stuff you get and the more luxury, the more depression, the more anxiety, the more um, social um, chicanery. That's just history. Just look at history. Look at the Roman Empire. Look at, you know, all right. the, these different empires. They got more successful. They had all of the things that come with um, overindulgence. Right. And so, you know, the bottom line for me is I want to see people's ordering data in a good place for them. That depends on age. It depends on goals. Uh, it depends and it varies from season to season. Like I'm not worried about someone having a short sleep duration. If they're in Yellowknife, Canada, and it's July, there's only two or three hours or even less, you know, of, of uh, darkness there in that season. So it all takes a little bit of tailoring and getting to know where you are and 
and what works for you and what doesn't work for you, which is what the coaching is about. But if you've got super low HRV, if you've got a high respiratory rate, anything north of 14 is a red flag, in my opinion. Uh, you know, if your HRV is in the teens, the 20s, the 30s, we need to talk, we need to figure that out, and we need to get you into a better place. Because, you know, small hinges swing big doors and, and problems with respiratory rate, problems with HRV, they are harbingers of worse things coming to your door soon. So, Jim. Jim's lagging out again. On that note, everyone, take care. Have a great day, and don't forget to get outside.